I, I felt like we were about to have like a Sean Jones style uh, oh return, fumble return for a touchdown. I, I was <laughs> saying the same thing. I was saying the same thing. Scoop and score. Scoop and score. Do it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to My Got a Podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode, John Powell and I review Georgia's 41-17 victory over Tennessee and Knoxville. As always, remember to check out store.mygotapodcast.com to see our latest merch. And you can follow us on social media at mygotapodcast. Finally, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, rate, five stars obviously, and review the show. If you leave us a review, you just might hear it on an upcoming episode. Now, let's join the conversation in progress. So all those balls who were confident in the upset... I assume we're quite sad now. Nothing sucks like a big orange. <laughs> uh, like the the Man. mental gymnastics, the post game mental just gymnastics. I've seen a couple on Twitter that are that were pretty funny. But um, like, sure, we lost, but <laughs> kinds of things. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're they're poised for success with uh, Josh Heupel uh, at the helm, which you know, there's certainly some. There's certainly some um, some room there for for optimism, but um, my question would be, you know, <laughs> is Kirby Smart still going to be coaching at Georgia? <laughs> mm, good point. Good point. Yeah, I mean, I I was impressed with their offense. I mean, uh, the text thread was popping, especially on the after the first drive. Kind of like, whoa, what just happened? Um, I definitely did not expect for them to march down the field on the opening drive like that. Um, and really it should have been a two play drive. Um, they should have scored on the second play of the game. That should have been a mm-hmm. 75 yard touchdown pass or ish. Right. Um, yeah. So I mean, that was, that was impressive. Um, but you know, it's like Mike Tyson says or said, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. Right. And, uh, Georgia got punched in the mouth and we hadn't really been punched in the mouth. Not like that all season. Auburn, I guess would be the closest. Um, but so we got punched in the mouth and we punched back. I mean, that's yeah. kind of how I, I, the, that's like my like summation of this game really. Right. Yeah. Like, like right back. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It was like, we got punched. It was like, we got punched and then we punched back and they kept punching and we just got so mad that we decided to just destroy them. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, I guess kind of before we get into the game, like, just a couple of things to acknowledge. Um, and we're, Georgia is 10 and 0 for the first time since 1982. Uh, and this is the first time we've ever gone 8 and 0 in the SEC. Um, so definitely just impressed. Uh, I'm enjoying it. Um, just wanted to make sure we done that. that, that I don't, it's just, it, it's something to admire and, and be proud of and appreciate. Um, obviously there's, it, there's more work to do. Um, but you know, as podcasters <laughs> and as fans, yeah. um, just For wanted sure. to call that out. Pretty cool. Yeah. It's, it's definitely fun. Um, I know that I have been on that train for you know, the last several weeks. I think I'm going to have to start like, remi- like, I mean, Carter's been like bouncing in and out. Like he, he's like, he has ADD. <laughs> he like doesn't sit still. <laughs> so like getting him to sit for a full full game, he's like, you know, 
we were tied all of a sudden and he went out and played and was running around with the with his buddies and stuff playing football we're georgia fans too their, their dad is like me that follows it religiously so um but anyway they came back in and they're like whoa what happened we're winning we're kicking their butt <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so like i feel like it's it's got to be more incumbent on me to like sit him down and be like listen this is historic we're going to be talking to our grandkids about this season <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 uh i don't my girls are just not super into it <laughs> yeah lily lily watched a good bit of it with me um but uh ella had her performance so she was at that um which we had talked about. I ended up watching the whole game. She, did, for, for whatever reason, she did not want uh, Lily and I to come to uh, the chorus thing that was Saturday. Um, uh-huh. and Lily, Lily was exa- exhausted from soccer anyway, so she actually asked if she could stay home. So I stayed home with her. Um, right. So yeah, so I had a, a little viewing at home. It was mainly me. I, so you said something about that this was not a, this was your least pleasant viewing experience or something oh, and i yeah. think was that about the broadcast the cbs broadcast itself or what what were you talking about no i was i was saying this was probably my least favorite because i didn't have the tv outside and literally everyone was home and it was mm. just like people were walking waltzing in like wife wasn't really taking it seriously she was like i'm you're stressing me out and i was like well, this is just this is just how i am <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like everybody yes, was yes. home. Everybody was home. There was no sports. Um, Carter had his game that morning, um, which they won six to one. Shout out Carter. Um, nice. He played really nice. Um, we were supposed to. We got added to a second game, which would have really like made me mad. But we got. We were supposed. He was supposed to play a second game at noon, and I was like, "Oh no, we can't do that." <laughs> Because okay. we had not only had pictures, but we were rushing back and everybody was stressed out from pictures. Because as, as you recall, we mm. had like Santa pictures with uh, professional Santa pictures um, with with my wife and, and everyone. Um, so that was great. That was fun. Um, but uh, I came within a whisker of watching the game at Reformation Brewery because apparently Reformation Brewery was right down the street from where we had our pictures done. And... I was like, why didn't you tell me this, Lizzie? We could have like prepared for an afternoon up here. And she was like, <laughs> I didn't even think about it. And then, but of course it was also freezing. So uh, that would have been a, an interesting situation. But um, yeah, anyway. I, got, I got forced inside. I, I watched, I, I was trying to watch it on our porch because it was actually pretty nice. Um, but we've got a covered porch. So with the shade and then the wind started blowing, I didn't really feel like lighting a fire. And this was before Kim had left to go to to the chorus thing. And she was like, I'm watching inside. <laughs> You're welcome to stay out here, but I'm going to go inside. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, it's too cold. So ended up same thing. I, I, I came inside and I just watched on the couch. Yeah. The kids were, the kids were coming in and out, you know, obviously it was, it was a tight game in the first, you know, at least the first quarter, first, first two quarters. Um, yeah. And so it was a little, little stressful for me. And so I was definitely like getting excited. I was frustrated on certain occasions too, which we'll talk about. But, um, I think that when the interception happened, uh, I like leapt up to my feet and I was like, finally, and I was like, yes. Like it was like, it was like an epiphany had happened. I was like, yep, this is going to happen. That was when I knew that we were going to win. But then like my yeah. kids came in and like, daddy, why are you yelling? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I freaked months out. 
<laughs> yeah. Munson started barking at me uh, when we got the interception because I, I did the same thing. Um, yeah. So let's talk about that, right? We can go back to the game. I mean, so, yeah, so they score, then we come back and score on the James Cook long touchdown round, and it was a good good drive for Georgia to, re- to respond with. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there were definitely some some nerves early. I mean, what Tennessee was doing on offense was was working, at least for the first quarter, right? But then this game yeah. was really, you know, the turning point where the game was won was, you know, the, the middle of the game, right? The second second and third quarter, Georgia just took over the game, really. For sure. It was, I mean, I think that, I mean, we were, we were talking about it. Um, I mean, we were talking about it and it was like, what was going on? Like we, I, I was so confused. And mm-hmm. part of the problem that exasperated my confusion was that Tennessee was just going so fast that we didn't even have time to like, look at an actual, like different camera angle up close, like replay yeah. of some of these things that were happening in the first quarter because it was they were moving so fast that the camera crews couldn't even keep up with them and that was that was definitely a didn't didn't help situation was that they were moving so darn fast that we couldn't even see the replays so um yeah. anyway yeah the second yeah, play I still game, haven't I still haven't seen a good replay of that second play like I don't yeah. I haven't seen because they yeah they didn't do that agreed yeah I'm still waiting to see that I don't know. If yeah, anyone has I mean, a copy that has that, I, I would like to see what exactly happened. <laughs> the good news is, is that our coaches clearly saw it. Uh, cause yeah. you know, they, it didn't, it didn't last for very long, the confusion. So it sounded like that based on, based on what I've been hearing coming out was like, you know, Ringo was, Ringo was frustrated with Brini. I mean, Brini frankly looked like he was lost in the first quarter. And I think that's part of the, some of the changes that they made by moving Chris Smith to the star position. Um, yeah. Which you know, I didn't notice that off the off the cuff, but you know, John and everybody started kind of pointing that out. I think it was um, Jed May, was it on Twitter that that dropped the nugget that Brooks Austin retweeted, and it was like, oh my gosh, he's totally right. Like ever since that, ever since mm-hmm. that change, like everything kind of fell into place, and that really was like a a crucial crucial coaching move. I mean, there was definitely some coaching questions that on both sides of the ball or I mean sorry both sides of the field like Tennessee made some questionable coaching calls um in my opinion as well um Mm -hmm. but like the coaching we we outcoached them for sure like we definitely outcoached them yeah I mean you talk about like halftime adjustments a lot right like what what are you gonna you're gonna see what they do and you're gonna adjust at halftime I mean and this the fact that the adjustment came way earlier than that I think Mm -hmm. paid dividends so the staff was able to really adjust on the fly. And I think the second quarter is that, is that demarcation. Yeah. So in the, in the second quarter, Georgia outgained, Georgia outgained Tennessee 191 yards to 25 yards, uh, which is just insane. So Georgia's offense kind of kept doing what it had been doing. And then Tennessee's offense was just stagnant at that point. I mean, we definitely, we definitely were, were taking it, taking the game to them from a coaching. We threw personnel, we threw blitz packages, we threw all sorts of stuff at them from a defensive standpoint to to get a push, to get a spark. Um, I mean, a hell of a game. Nolan Smith, I mean, Channing Tindall, like all those guys had. It seemed like yeah. that everybody along the line started gelling pretty good once they couldn't really do anything through the air. Like they, they really weren't able to do much after that first quarter. 
And there was yeah. a point, there was a point in, there was a point in the, I, I want to say it was the second quarter. Um, I can't remember exactly when it was, but on the sideline, you could see it was actually one of the first times that I've, I've actually seen um, Jamil Adai um, or Jamile, Jamile. Is that I how you Jamile. say it? Yeah. Jamile. Yeah. Jamile. Um, that was one of the few times that I had actually seen him on, on TV. Like, you know, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. That's, that's the defensive backs coach. Kirby was really chewing him out. Um, I don't know if he was necessarily chewing him out or just, generally just raging <laughs> but it seemed like that <laughs> right. shortly after that it seemed like that shortly after that was when we made some of the personnel changes i think you you had pointed that out to me um that it had to have been shortly right after that that they moved chris smith to the star position which really changed things from a defensive standpoint because it brought uh speed on the field right like physical speed not a mere speed right 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan Jackson moved in. It basically took the Christmas safety spot, and, and Smith came up to the star. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, that was a huge, that was a turning point in the game, and really, you know, the offense. Um, I, don't know, I guess I would say throughout the course of the game was fairly consistent. I think after that first drive, kind of stalled stalled out a little bit, um, but then really got back in gear and, and kind of kind of stayed there. Like I would say Stetson wasn't perfect. You know, he missed some throws. Mm -hmm. Um, He did a few things that were kind of dangerous, I guess I would say, but ended up working like where he kept like throwing it away while getting sacked. And so he prevented a sack. Um, But there were throws that I've seen called intentional grounding in other games. And we've kind of complained about (laughs) what isn't, isn't intentional grounding sometimes. Um, But there was a couple of pretty risky throwaways that he had um but again they were successful um, and and saved yardage um but i mean he he made he continues to make some pretty impressive plays so the um the rushing touchdown in the second quarter was awesome that was an improvisation you know play action pass nothing there took off and ran kind of reminded me of from on rocky top as a freshman in 17 uh, he had yeah. like two rushing touchdowns in that game and then he had another from like moment, I feel like. So, you know, end of the second quarter, we're approaching halftime. There's three minutes and 42 seconds to go in the first half. Georgia gets the ball at our own 10 yard line. And we, you know, it's like, okay, well, what are we going to do? We're going to try to just kind of get out of here and punt, you know, and started off pretty conservative, right? With some uh, running plays to James Cook, who had the hot hand and really got us out of that hole. And it ultimately ended up being a 90-yard touchdown drive that ended with 37 seconds left in the half. I mean, that was a statement drive and pretty much ended the game. I mean, obviously, there was more more to go. But, you know, when you get that cushion with our defense, felt really good at halftime. Um, and a lot, of, yeah. a lot of things happened on that drive too, right? So we had the, the almost catch by Brock Bowers with the Air Kirby uh, you know, jumping on the sideline that happened on that drive. <laughs> yeah. Um, AD Mitchell like became possessed on that drive. I think he had like five catches or something on that drive. It was amazing. Um, we saw a holding call on Brock Bowers in the edge, which was just mind boggling because Tennessee's receivers were holding our defensive backs all day. And then we get a holding call on Brock Bowers. That was kind of frustrating. Um, but then the, the, the other from moment that I was going to say was, there was a, a point where Stetson, it looked like he was going to take off to run. 
and then right at the line, right as he was approaching the line of scrimmage, made a throw to Ad Mitchell, and it just reminded me of the, the Rose Bowl when Fromm did that, you know, and threw to Sony. Um, <laughs> yeah. Similar play to that. It was incredible. And then the James Cook in motion, one on one matchup with a linebacker, you know, with a perfect pass from Stetson to Cook. Um, oh, that, there was so much that happened on that drive. Uh, it was awesome. Like I, I was like loved every minute of that drive, and it was like I said, it was a statement drive and. It was kind of over at that point. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. There was there was definitely uh, some frustrating points on the offense too. As much as there was positive, I just like yeah, I feel like that. Um, what was it coming? It was coming out of the halftime. Coming out of halftime, we got the ball back, and it was opportunity to put yeah. put a statement on the board like right out of the gate, which eventually we did. Yeah. But like the the. It was very clear that James Cook was the hot hand on the on the running side of the game um, for yep. from the running back position, and he didn't touch the ball at all in that series. And I think John was the first one that kind of pointed that out. I was like, "Yeah, we had zero zero James Cook after halftime. Um, yep. Need more Cook." And <laughs> prompted prompted me to tweet, "Needs more Cook." Like the rest of <laughs> yeah. the rest of the, the rest of the way. Um, yeah, I think that that was. That was something that I guess Munkin maybe heard us because it, it felt like that the next series was like all cook. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we obviously are huge Zemir White fans on this podcast. We've talked about how he is the guy, but you've got to you've got to recognize like what's going on. And I, I think like, like you said, I think eventually we did. Um, you know, we stuck with Cook, I would say somewhat. Um, and by the end of the game, you know. We definitely did, but frankly, I would have liked to see him even more than we did. But you know, whatever, forty-one to seventeen. <laughs> yeah the the big thing for me was, um, or I guess an, another big thing for me was, um, it looked like that it looked like that we had. I don't I, I don't know what we were doing with Zeus. It just looked like that we were using Zeus in like Mm-hmm. different different ways than we have in the past like i don't know but like obviously james cook ended up with you know he ended up with a 100 yard game like what was it we were talking about like when was the last time we had 100 yards so here yeah. we are another another 100 yard game i mean james cook uh, 10 carries 104 yards he averaged 10.4 yards a carry um two touchdowns and he had a 40 yard, almost a 40 yard touchdown like I mean, you really yeah. can't, and not to mention the fact that he had a, a receiving touchdown, three receptions for forty-three yards. He was our second leading receiver. Like, I mean, yeah. it was literally the James Cook, the James Cook show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was his best game as a at Georgia, right? I, don't, I mean, I think pretty hands down. And like for whatever reason, like he, his style was suited to carving them up. I mean, I agree on Zeus. I, I feel like. Um, Kind of, you know, in the, I guess in the fourth quarter, I, I think on the drive that um, was the last touchdown drive where ultimately Kenny McIntosh scored the touchdown. But but that drive, we did see Zeus start to kind of heat up. I think I, I had texted my dad and I was like, Zeus is about to put this game on ice. Like he's about to, <laughs> you know, deliver the knockout punch. Um, kind of like he did against Florida. And I think he, he would have if they had left him in the game. Um, but, you know, let Kenny McIntosh do that, which is fine. Um mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of that thing, right? Like as they get, as the defense gets worn down, when they're worn down, I think that's when Zeus can really punish you um, when the defense is tired. But he's kind of doing that throughout the game. I mean, he's that he's that bruiser um, that kind of does that throughout the game. But yeah, for whatever reason, like, I don't know, there were just bigger, 
they were lanes that were there that seemed suitable for Cook's shiftiness and speed, I guess, you know? Mm-hmm. Yep. It was a, it was a good, it was a good day up in Rocky top. Um, they, I definitely think that it was a situation where hope was literally stolen from their grasp because they jumped out so quickly and we were so discombobulated. And then for the game to end the way that it was, the way that it did, it was just kind of like, I mean, it had to have been demoralizing for, for a lot of Tennessee fans. It had to feel a lot like a lot of teams feel when they play Alabama, which, you know, if there ever was a quote unquote Alabama ish team, um, this is that team. Like Kirby's basically built yeah. what he helped build, um, you know, years ago at Alabama. Yep. Agreed. Um, the one other thing I wanted to call out on the offense was that we did have a toss sweep touchdown out of the I formation. We had 23 personnel, so we had a fullback, a tailback, and three tight ends. Uh, and I just love that. And I tweeted off in the podcast account that it was borderline erotic. Um, I love to see that. <laughs> uh, that was incredible. Uh, I, I, way, way that it worked, it looked like it looked pretty good to me, man. Let's 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 dial it up, dial it up some more. Um, yeah, and we've seen that wasn't you know we've seen Zeus line up at fullback uh, earlier in the season too. So um, yeah. you know went, went back to that well. It's it's worked both times. So I just hope I just hope that from a from an offensive standpoint, you know. There were definitely some, like you, you mentioned it earlier, the some of the dangerous throws. Like I can't remember yeah. who it was that said it, but like, oh, it was Brooks Austin. He had he had mentioned that you know your his his spidey senses were tingling when Stetson <laughs> does some of those dangerous things. That it just makes yeah. you feel like that it worked out okay here, but those are the kind of plays that you try them against Alabama and they they go south quickly, kind of stuff. And I just hope that he doesn't get mm. to a comfort level where that moxie turns into that was a dumb play. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I do feel like he has grown. Like we've definitely seen him throw the ball away in this game included in situations where I felt like in the past maybe he forced something. Um, mm-hmm. They could have been a pick or whatever. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's definitely improving there. So, but yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Got to. I don't know. Can't take too many risks against. All things considered, we did pretty well. All yeah, things considered, yeah. we did pretty well for against the team that leads the nation in, um, you know, uh, tackles for loss. I think it was. Yeah, yeah. No, it, 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 I mean, overall, not a lot to complain about. Um, other than I do have something to complain about. Can I go in my rant? <laughs> uh, yes. I think you know what's coming. So, uh, you know, as we're approaching the end of the game, we had a play. Oh, there's like a, around 11 minutes left when um, Nolan Smith got injured. Um, you know, there's 11 minutes left in the game. Uh, you know, I get it. I think it was 34 to 10. They're trying to score. Um, but we had a play right there that, that ended that drive. So that was where we had uh, we sacked Hooker. He fumbled. Uh, I think Trayvon Walker recovered. I, I almost I, I felt like we were about to have like a Sean Jones style. Uh, oh return, my gosh. fumble return for a touchdown. I, I was <laughs> saying the same thing. I was saying the same thing. Scoop and score. Scoop and score. Do it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was, it was pretty close to that, but that didn't happen. Um, but like at that point, I mean, the game was over, right? I mean, it's 34 to 10. The game is over. We tacked on another touchdown. 
um, they eventually scored. But so, so my rant is like, why were these players, why were these defenders still in the game at that point? And I'm specifically pointing to like, you know, the end result was like Devonte Wyatt ends up going down with an injury. Hopefully he's, he's okay. Um, like I said, with Nolan Smith, you know, 11 minutes game, 11 minutes left in the game when he got it, you hurt his elbow. Um, you know, there's 11 minutes left in the game. I get that. But Devonte Wyatt, at that point, we were up 41 to 17. There's 35 seconds left in the game. The game is over. He's already had to be helped off the field with an apparent injury twice. And then this was the third time he gets, you know, gets injured during the game. So I don't get that. Um, that I don't know. That's my rant. Like at that point, there should have been no, you know, key defensive contributors in the game anymore at that point, in my opinion. So that's my only gripe of the game. I agree. I don't know. He he made some he made some uh, you know references to the number of players that they have and all that kind of stuff. I was like, yeah. I mean, I get it, but like, do we not have anybody else that plays Devonte Wyatt's position like ready to go? Like, right. are right. they sick? That was another thing we haven't touched on that. But like, mm. apparently, yeah. apparently, we had the flu or a stomach bug or something coming through yep. coming through the team. Uh, that impacted a lot of folks, which made me question, like, well, was Bernie sick? Was he one of those guys? Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that's why he looked out of sorts. Maybe Zeus? I don't know, because Zeus didn't wasn't his usual self, I guess. Um, I don't know. I was, I was wondering, like, what the full true impact list is, because apparently there's still some players that are seeing some, some impacts as of recording today, Monday. Um, yeah. Apparently, there's still some guys with some, um, you know, rem- remnant uh, activities and guys that maybe c- could potentially come down with the flu. Hopefully, we can clear that all out in the next two weeks so that we have a 100% healthy team um, coming into SEC Championship Week. Yeah, I know. I, I, I feel like uh, Gary Danielson said on the broadcast that it was – Primarily the defensive line, which again, to your point, right, that could lead to something of of uh, Devontae Wyatt still being in the game. Although, granted, like someone came in and replaced him when he left. So, but but yeah, but on the on the flu bug thing for sure. I mean, we know Jalen Carter had it, um, and ultimately that's why he left the game. Um, he I think was we've heard Erickson hundred degree fever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I think Erickson. I think we heard was also one of the people. Um, you know, he ended up getting replaced uh, by trust. So that that's again something to watch going forward because I do, you know, trust is massive, and he came in at right guard. And again, I look for. I, I, I'm not so much as, as into the statistics and stuff as you are. I, I I kind of fly on like emotion and remembering things of days past and look for uh, analogies and things and kind of feels like Ben Cleveland getting inserted as the right guard in 2017, you know, potentially, right? right Seeing right, right. Uh, trust come into this line. So um, I am curious to see how the line shapes up going forward, personnel-wise, you know, uh, especially if we can get Salyer back. Um, I, I think we should we could see some some changes there. We're, we're building up this depth with, with Jones, and then now with trust coming in. Um, I'm excited to see where that all goes. You want to review our predictions? We can hit that really quick. Uh, yeah, let's review. I think we we're pretty close, right? Yeah. So on the uh, over under, or the over under, I was correct. I took the over. You took the under. 
Uh, the over-under was 56. Uh, 58 points were scored in the game. Um, and then on the score itself, uh, so let's see. So you had Georgia winning 38-9. to uh, I had Georgia winning 42-13. to And then obviously actual score, 41-17. to So uh, both pretty close. I was super close. Um, so I think we did pretty good there. Uh, I wanted to call out a couple of things uh, from Coach Joe Bill's over-unders. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one was I actually don't remember seeing the Stokes uh, sack hit on Maurer I saw it on the socials before the game uh, and like it was in the Georgia video uh, pregame video but I don't I did not see it on the broadcast so I, I could have missed it though um, and then a shout out to uh, Chase Kelly uh, I saw a picture of him uh, and some of his friends holding golf balls in the stadium. Oh, uh, yeah. it's my, and it's my, my understanding uh, is that he got the golf balls from uh, Robert Wolf. Uh, so shout out to those guys. And then we also saw a picture of some mustard uh, from Wise Dog. I think Wise Dog was assaulted with some mustard. So. <laughs> <laughs> was, he, was he assaulted or did he spill? Like, <laughs> I'm not sure. All I know is there was some sort of mustard incident. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think uh, I I don't know I don't have any other like colorful <laughs> colorful elements. Well, there was no mustard in the Powell household. <laughs> uh, nice, nice. Let's see. Uh, here I can just run through the rest of his. He had over under Georgia touchdowns five and a half. It was under at five. Special teams or defensive touchdowns at point five. There weren't any, so that was a zero. And then Georgia passing yards over under 275, we had 213. And then a rushing yards to 25, we hit the over at 274. So that, that was it for those. So, but yeah, man, it was a good day. Uh, you know, like I said, 41 17, big win over the Vols. Um, great way to close out the SEC slate. Uh, like we talked about before, you know, we're 10 and 0. 8-0 in the SEC for the first time ever. So uh, good day for the dogs. Yeah, I mean, I think that if I was if I was Tennessee, um, I would probably be looking at this as a, you know, obviously a positive sign. You scored more points on the University of Georgia than anybody else in the country. But there's also some, some elements that I feel like that are worthy of at least questioning. I mean, you've got a, a mm-hmm. team that was averaging, you know, I don't, I mean, we weren't really stopping them. I, I, there was a point in the game when it was fourth and one, and I recognized that they were on their own territory, but, like, they decided to punt it on fourth and one. I don't think they ended up getting punished for it, but, like, decisions like that I felt like were, like, why are we punting it when our offense has literally burned Georgia, like, all up up to that point they had been burning us. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I I don't know. There was an and then there was another situation where it was like, why don't you? Why are we kicking the field goal or why are you going for it? Like I don't know. There was some, mm-hmm. there was some questionable there were some questionable decisions that I felt like that Hypo made that um, I don't know are are definitely worthy of second looks as a uh, as a coaching staff. And I, that's part of the reason I think that we outcoached them is some of those decisions. So um, yep. anyhow, the. The dogs won. There's not a whole lot to complain about. We saw some growing. 
if nothing else, I feel like that, you know, one of the things that we were worried about preseason was the secondary getting burned against a good, a good quarterback, which, you know, it's probably questionable on whether or not we saw a good quarterback on Saturday. But at the same time, like we saw our coaching staff's ability to pivot and utilize the resources that they have and the coaching prowess to, you know, make changes to account for problems that we have on the defense. So, you know, the interchanging of personnel on the offensive line, there, there was just a lot going on with some of the coaching decisions that were made in game that was encouraging uh, for dog fans. So, yeah, for sure. Well, it's always fun to walk away from Knoxville with a win. Um, not having to hear the Rocky top as a loser is, is a heck of a lot worse than as a winner. So, um, yeah. Yeah. You, when you can hear it being played in the stadium late, it was kind of like, ha ha ha. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you hear Rocky top and yes. you're up, you know, 41 to 17. That was good. I exactly. will say one thing, one thing I will say, they, they had like a lot of uh, like piped in music playing on their you're sound right, system right. that was playing like all the way up to the snap. It felt like, um, so I don't know. I, I feel like it was a little over the top, but whatever, I oh. guess it's, you know, allowed, but. It's kind of weird, speaking, right? Speaking of atmospheres that that are you know, just a thorn in your side, can we is is the Tennessee turf death taxes and Tennessee Neyland Salem Stadium turf? Yeah, I feel well, like people are slip sliding all over the place. Yeah, and that and that you know compounds my frustration of Devontae Wyatt still being in the game late. Just like you know, how many uh, devastating injuries has Georgia had happen? At Tennessee, like you know, you, yeah. you got to know these things historically. Like, <laughs> this is what happens in in, in Knoxville. I, I feel like that's where I feel like you know, you know, you could have like someone like a Jeff Dantzler could be kind of like a common sense coach for Kirby to be like, hey Kirby, do you know how many knee injuries we've had here? Get these guys off the field. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, I don't know. Oh well, uh, yeah, I agree. Know, we won, we destroyed them. Ho hum, you know, rinse repeat. Like we we just have to wait until next week to see uh, people saying, you know. What's Georgia going to do about this offensive team and that offensive team? Well, this we continue yep. to you continue to line them up for us, and we continue to knock them down in historic fashion. Um, there's not much else to say, but go dogs. Agreed, go dogs.